I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find each show at Championship Pod on Twitter. I'm Lewis Shackshaft. I'm joined by the man who never misses an episode, uh, which is Jake Jackman. And what he's going to do is talk me through his big wins and surprises from the most recent fixtures, if you don't mind, Jake. Yeah, so there's a lot of good um, results this weekend, obviously. Um, a lot of surprising ones for me. I think the biggest surprise for me, and there's a couple um, on the Saturday, I think the Reading beating Luton 5-0 came as a, as a big surprise to me. And uh, Definitely, Stoke, yeah. Stoke beating Barnsley 4-0 as well. They're my two big surprises. Mm-hmm. And if we're going for a third, I'd probably say on the Sunday, QPR managing to get the win over Middlesbrough. Well, it was a little bit of a surprise. But three teams that haven't done too well since the restart again, getting wins against teams that have shown a little bit of something as well. So three against the form book, I think. Yeah, you're right. Like um, I've certainly got those written down as well. Obviously, some some games with loads of goals in there. Um, I think, like you say, Barnsley have been playing really well at the minute. So, so for Stoke to get a four nil victory, that was huge for them. Who, you know, we again keep saying that they're probably going to be safe this season. Uh, but that was that was a huge win for them. Um, another one for me, I think, you know, Cardiff getting that 1-0 victory away at Bristol City. We all know that Bristol City have been struggling and there's been consequences of that this week uh, with Lee Johnson leaving, which we'll come on to later. Uh, but again, that result leaves Cardiff in the playoff spots, which they are searching for. I know we said a couple of weeks ago that Cardiff might be one of the teams to watch out for. Um, but yeah, that that gives them a, a three-point gap over Derby now, who, who we know ended up getting that point against uh, Nottingham Forest. Uh, the other huge win, it probably didn't come as a surprise, but, you know, yes, well, the, yesterday we were recording on the Monday, but West Brom's win um, against Hull City, that 4-2 victory keeps them on track, obviously, for automatic promotion. Again, like I say, probably didn't come as a surprise, but, um, you know, plenty of goals in that one as well. So that keeps them in second position, just one point behind Leeds. Uh, and then another win, or a big win, should I say, was Swansea's win against uh, Sheffield Wednesday. I thought Wednesday were the better side for the opening 30 minutes, uh, but couldn't make it pay. And then, you know, Swansea City punished Wednesday in the second half. So that very much keep their playoff hopes alive also um just four points behind cardiff with those five games remaining so yeah as ever some huge wins and some big surprises um do you want to talk to me about your standout players from these round of games though jake who who springs to mind uh, that you'd like to talk about yeah there's a, there's a few obviously a couple getting getting hat tricks um this weekend um to start with ben rama played very well got his hat trick um 
was just a constant menace against Wigan. Uh, Wigan being in good form since the restart, but obviously had that news about the administration and the uncertainty of what was going on at that club, which we touched mm. on a little bit on the last show. But but they they came there in tough circumstances. Sometimes that can get the players up for it. But but Brentford played well. Um, that might surprise you a little bit, Louis, and talk about another player in this game from the Wigan team that impressed me. Actually, uh, go on. Considering they lost three 0 um, but Anthony Roberts, uh, Robinson, uh, the player that was linked with mm. AC Milan during January. Um, he yes, was really he was. Good. Yeah, <laughs> he was excellent on uh, against Brentford, despite losing three uh, 0 I think Embuemo had no no luck down his side. Um, finished the game with six tackles, four interceptions, six clearances, completed five dribbles himself. He he was very very good in the game, um, and showed just how good he is at that left back position. I think that he's going to be a player that. Um, if Wigan do, do need to sell to get out of their current situation, which looks like they will, he's one that is going to go to a big club because he looks like he's got all the talent in the world to become a, a very good fullback at, at a top flight level. So, yeah, he was excellent. Um, and then I think if we go to, to Reading, it's, it's obvious in that game, but um, yeah, um, Yaku Mate getting, getting four goals. Um, he was, yeah, we've seen his talent on and off this season. Uh, I think he could be a bit of a frustrating player um, to watch. Um, in certain games, but he was really good um, at the weekend. And Kiel against the Luton team that have been pretty good since the restart. Lead, they defended so well against Leeds, but I think that Leeds game uh, took it out of them a little bit. Um, ahead of this one, they just looked quite tired, and and Reading came and just dominated the game. Really, they were excellent, and I thought Reading were one of those teams that were on the beach, but they outshot Luton sixteen to five. They they were playing mainly on the counter-attack, but in Mete and Pushkash, they've got an Adalia as well. They've just got three players that, that work really well when they play on the counter. Um, Mete having seven shots during the game, so they could have scored more. A couple of nice goals in there as well. Um, and it takes them on to, um, I think that's 12 goals for the season now, so that's quite a good return. He'll be probably aiming to get that up to 15 before, before we finish, but that would be a really good return for him. Uh, and at 24 years old, he's a little bit of a late developer, but he looks like a player that, that Reading could build around for the long term. Yeah, definitely. He's obviously been around a few years and he's been one of them players that's just never found that consistency, has he? But when he does have a good game, like he, he did at the weekend, and <laughs> I know he doesn't ever score four goals normally, but yes, that will give him a huge amount of confidence. And he certainly is a player that can find the back of the net when when he's on his game. And it must be so frustrating as a, as a Reading fan because you've touched on those three forward players there who are more than capable in this division and, and in many ways probably should be higher than 14th in the division. But yes, I think Mate is probably the player of the weekend. Um, I'm sure both of us would agree. You touched on Ben Rama. Again, it's not often a player scores a hat-trick in this division and, and we don't give player of, of the week, but Ben Rama is probably you know, the best player in this division now, isn't he? I know we, we touched on Bowen for a long time at Hull. Now he's gone. I think, you know, Ben Rama, I'd be surprised if, you know, if he's not playing in the Premier League next season with Brentford, it'll probably be with somebody else. His value just keeps going up and up and he's finding those goals more consistent than ever now. Um, certainly a, a player to watch and I think he's only 24 as well. Um, so definitely got a bright future ahead of him if he hasn't already. Um, another player that I'd like to mention is Tyrese Campbell. Those two goals against uh, Barnsley 
um, in that 4-0 win for Stoke, which you touched upon. I think he had a great game. Another young player that we're mentioning in the player of the week. Um, you know what? I watched a lot of the uh, Fulham and Birmingham fixture, which I really thought was going to be nil-nil at the time. And, and at that point, I was really going to sing the praises of Lee Camp, and I still will do because I thought that he pulled off some fantastic saves in that one. He was just un- unfortunate that, you know, that last shot of the game, Josh Onamar's finish um, late on, you know, they didn't manage to pick up anything in that game, but Lee Camp did have a great game in the goal. Um, it was great as well that you, I think for the first time ever on this show, that you, we've probably picked on uh, out a player like you did who's, who's been on the wrong end of a 3-0 defeat so that that was certainly good in your regards but then the other player that I'd like to just pick out is as we know a, a world-class player in this division is Pereira at West Brom managing to get three assists again it's it's not often a player ever manages to get three assists in a game um, never mind never mind two so yeah certainly some players stood out this week um with dramatic numbers in terms of goals and assists, but I think we have to hand this one to Yakil Meite, who scored the four goals for Reading. Um, I think it's dimensioned, um, or some stat I read, that it's, it's years since a player's managed to score four goals in this division. So I could be wrong, but yeah, you've got to hand it to him. Particularly, that might have been 11, 11 years since a player's managed to score four goals away from home. Um, so yeah. He deserves a pat on the back this weekend from me. Uh, but given the results and the current form that Brentford are on, obviously after their 3-0 win at the weekend also over Wigan, um, I'm just going to ask you quickly, if you don't mind, Jake, do you think that there is still a possibility that Brentford could catch either West Brom or Leeds United? We did touch on this about three or four weeks ago. But since the restart, as you know, Brentford have won each of their four games. So what are your thoughts now with five games remaining? Yeah, it's difficult. I think that Brentford at the moment do look the most complete team in the division. I think they just look like they've found their stride. Um, similar to sort of Fulham, uh, I think a few seasons ago, when they just went on that surge up the table and ended up finishing in third position, I think. Um, and they had that chance to, to go up on the final day, but they didn't. After winning so many games in a row, I think they drew one or lost one. I can't quite remember off the top of my head. But I remember that they, they came so close and had that chance and didn't take it after chasing for so long. Did it? it could be a similar thing with, with Brentford. Um, 25 points behind West Brom, six points behind Leeds, but have to take into consideration that they have a superior goal difference to both. So um, mm. that six points is six points. It's not like they've got a goal difference to overturn. They've already got that. Um, and with five games to go, it's definitely possible. I'd, I'd still much rather be Leeds or West Brom's position. I think points on the board um, are much better than performances. But if you look at who they've got coming up, um, I think Brent, who Lee, uh, let me just check the fixture. West Brom have got Derby uh, in midweek. So that's a difficult game. Derby been unbeaten for a long time and got one of the best records since the turn of the year. So you think that they've got a good chance. Um, of dropping points there if Derby Derby show up and play as they sh- as we know they can. Leeds have got Stoke, so that's a that's a difficult game. Stoke near the bottom, fighting for their lives, showing a little bit of improvement in, in the last fixture, getting so many goals, there'll be increased confidence. That won't be an easy game. And Brentford are at home to Cholton, so you think that they should probably win that, um, given their current form and, and Cholton not scoring a lot of goals. They're very good at the back, but um I think 
Brentford with the best of, best attack in the league, you'd think they should have more than enough to to win that one. So, you know, they've got a chance to make up some ground in the week. And then next weekend, Brentford then go to Derby, so they've got a tricky game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, West Brom go to Blackburn. Blackburn haven't been great since the break. And, and Leeds go to Swansea, which is a tricky game. So I think I think we'll know a lot by the end of this week. I think that um, West Brom and um, Leeds both got two chances where they might drop points and Brentford if they manage to keep winning then they might close that gap but I think by the end of this week if they haven't cut that to within one game um, I think that they'll probably stay I think they've got a great chance but I think it might just be slightly too far for them um, I think to go off they need to win their last five games and, and that is a tough ask even in that yeah. form yeah, I te- I'm just going to say I tend to agree with you. Um, I think that if there is a team that they probably could catch, you know, that that one point between West Brom and Leeds could be could be vital. Brentford, I'm going to say, could probably catch West Brom. I think that extra point on the board is going to be too difficult for them to catch Leeds, and I think Leeds are finding that you know, a couple of wins now and, and I think they find the form at the right time. There's just that inconsistency with West Brom a little bit at the moment where I think they're still vulnerable at the back. Um, so, you know, I, I think I'm like you. I think Leeds United and West Brom will probably still go up. However, when I do look at Brentford's fixtures, I think that they can certainly get 12 points from the possible 15 in these five remaining games. You know, the, you mentioned they're at home to Charlton. I see, I can see them picking up points there. The sticky game is against Brentford. Uh, sorry, is against Derby after that, which is away from home. You know, that that really could go either way. But then they're at home to Preston, away to Stoke, and they're at home to Barnsley on the last day. So if if they pick up anything more than 10 points from those games I you know they, they could really be in with a shout but I'm, I'm with you I think this next seven days is going to be pivotal to, to decide you know whether they do go up in the automatics or, or finish in the playoff spots um, but yeah I'm going to stick with that it might just be a point too far for them but I still expect them to probably you know claw a few points back on those two um, of Leeds United and West Brom, it's going to be close because, as we know, Brentford are the form team in the division. Um, I know Derby are doing well as well, but they only drew with Nottingham Forest, so that keeps yeah Brentford top of the form table. And you know, in, in many ways, I think that they do probably deserve to be going up this year. You know, they've been knocking on the door for a few years now. Um, they've fell short of the playoffs for a few years also, but they've just, yeah, they've got that consistency. And like we've already touched on, Ben Rama probably being the best player in the division now, and then the likes of Watkins and, and everyone else in that squad. It, it'd be great to see them go up, who, who are relatively um, small club in terms of infrastructure, but obviously, you know, that in, in the backroom circumstances, they're, they're probably one of the best teams in the division for picking up players and and getting the best out of them. So uh, yeah, I wish I wish them luck for the remaining season. And I think yeah, it, it may even come down to the final day. But we'll see if those extra points on the board are, are just too much for them or not. But let's turn our t- attention to uh, the big news from this week, Jake, which was that Lee Johnson, after over four years of being in charge of Bristol City, he was the longest-serving manager in the division, I believe, um, has been sacked at Bristol City, given his four losses on the bounce since the restart. What's you, your thoughts on this initially, and who do you think will succeed him at the club? Yeah, um, 
it caught me slightly by surprise. I didn't think they were going to make the change before the end of the season. I thought they'd give him um, the rest of the year. Um, we've known with with Lee Johnson for for a while that he goes on these runs of wins and then goes on runs of losses. The, the amount of times we've said on this podcast about how they might be playoff contenders and they'll go on a bad run and then then we'll talk about his job but then he'd he'd check, uh, go on a winning run. It just very topsy turvy. So I can see why they've made that change. I think that similar to where sort of Brighton were a couple of years a few years ago where everything's set up for them to be a Premier League club you know big city they've got a good stadium um, they've got a bit of money there they've, they've spent a little bit um, I think that they're definitely although they don't have a, a history in the Premier League they've got everything there to to become a Premier League club and succeed at that level so I think that they've, they've just decided that they've given him his chance um, maybe he's not the right person to get them up and, and to make that change you know I can understand it. You can't say I haven't given him time. He's had lots of time. Um, mm. I don't think he'll look, be, be looked back on as a failure in this job. I think he did quite well. He set things up. Um, just, I think he's, it's just never quite clicked completely for him there. Um, and yeah, they'll, they'll probably bring in somebody um, with a little bit more of a, a proven track record. Um, so be interested to know who's currently been linked to the job. Um, I'm sure you might have some odds. Yeah, I'll, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know now. See what you think. So uh, Michael Flynn's the favourite. He's the front runner um, of about two to one to remain in that position. Uh, and then, as ever, <laughs> when's Chris Uton not linked with a championship job at the minute? He's second favourite, about three to one. And then it goes to seven to one for Ita Karanka. So they're your front three. So what's your thoughts on them after I've heard that Tony Poulis has ruled himself out of the job? Yeah, so Chris Hewton's the obvious one. If they could get him, they should absolutely get him. Um, he's, he's proven in this division. He's got he's got Newcastle out of it, which doesn't look too great. Looks like an easy job on the face of it, but as a Newcastle fan, I can tell you that that was quite a difficult job to go into. And, and the fact he got us up at the first attempt, um, there's a lot of talent in that squad, but he deserves a lot of credit uh, for the way he managed and, and he's spoken of well with his time there. Then he went to Norwich and he kept them up in the division and it was only when they changed manager that they went down um, and then obviously took Brighton up and, and established them in the Premier League so you wouldn't say he's mm. got a, a bad job on his CV I, I had a bit of time at Birmingham as well I think a, a season or two there where he got them into the playoffs so he's got quite a good record um, at championship level I think he's a he's as much of a sure thing as you could possibly get I don't think the game has left him behind or anything like that um, and, and from hearing about him in the last 12 months, I think he's been going to a lot of games. He's obviously been commentating on Sky games recently, so he's in touch with the division. So, yeah, I think if they could get him, he'd be the best appointment. And, and as I say, the comparisons with Brighton are obvious on, on, on the face of it. And yeah. I think that it, seeing what he did there, I think that Bristol City would be idiots not to make him a top choice. It's just whether he'd want that job. Um, and it, with 12 months out of the game, you'd think that maybe he, his time of waiting for a Premier League job is gone. Uh, and that he'll be prepared to come back down to this level. So hopefully, hopefully, if that is the case, then then they'll they'll move him and he'll go in there. I think he's the best fit. I think Karanke got promoted out of this division before. Don't I think he did okay at Nottingham Forest, but um, it's a big risk. I think I don't think he's he's quite as proven as Hewton and and Michael Flynn's done pretty well at Newport. But again, is it similar to to Lee Johnson? Is he that much of an improvement? Is, is it a a big risk? I think by getting rid of Johnson, they need to bring in somebody who's, who's established and somebody that um, would be seen as one of the best managers in the league as soon as he he, he came in. And I think that Chris Hewton's that man. If they can't get Chris Hewton, 
Um, yeah, it's difficult. I think he's the most obvious one to me. He's, he's the only one that I can see um, coming in and being an improvement straight away. I think anybody else, there's a little bit of risk attached to it. Yeah, I'm interested in if Chris Hutton would take over because, you know, it seems like he's been out of the game quite a while now, which he has. It's over 12 months. Um, and I think the timing for him to go to Bristol City would be perfect. You know, you've got, he'd probably have, you know, by the time if, if he was to take charge, he'd probably have three or four games left to, you know, get a feel for his squad and the players. But obviously, um, the transfer window will probably be open in the next month or so for, for the start of next season, whenever that will be. I think it'd be a good time for a manager to take over. And then you've obviously got uh, the whole of next season to to make a, you know, a, a charge for those for that top six. But I'm going to ask you, Jake, quickly, you know, for me, Bristol City have always been in and around those playoffs. And you've got to give credit to Bristol City for standing by Lee Johnson for those four years but could it be a case if they don't get a big name in like let's say Hewton or Karanka that it could be a case that the fans may feel a bit like what Mick McCarthy did at Ipswich you know it was like be careful what you wish for kind of scenario if they don't get that big name in could you see Bristol City not being as consistent as they have been for the last couple of years. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Definitely, I think that um, there's always a risk with managerial changes um, that the grass isn't going to be greener. I think that, that and in this division where the, the margins are so tight and uh, it's so competitive, even by losing 2 or 3%, that could lose you a lot in, in, in league positions. So definitely, I think that there, there is that chance. So the one thing I would caveat to that is with Mick McCarthy, it was just consistent, consistent, consistent. It hasn't been that with Lee Johnson. It's been very up and down. Uh, and if even mm. if they found somebody with a little bit of middle ground there and, and got some consistency, I think that they would show improvement. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think it would go as, 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 as bad as it did for Ipswich. I can't see Bristol City getting relegated. Um, in the next couple of years. I think they've got too much talent in that squad. I think throughout his time there, the talent he's had available, um, not always at the same time, but he's had a lot of talent there and they should have been doing better. Even if you you look at their squad now, um, you've got uh, Diadu, who's, who's a good striker at this level. Uh, Eliasson, uh, 12 assists. He's, he's, he's pretty decent. Uh, Ashley Williams, Benkovic, Jamie Patterson. Yep. They've got... Uh, and, they've got uh, 
uh, Ryman, uh, a phobia, obviously he's been injured, but he is is still at the club. They've Narky Wells. They've got a lot of really good players. Um, so I think that I think that there's there's more to be achieved if they get the right person in, um, and they and they make the right additions in the summer. They've definitely got a chance to to be up there competing for the playoffs next season. I I, I don't think that we'll be talking about them getting relegated uh, next season, but you never know if it goes if they completely make the wrong appointment that might help but they might get pulled down but no I, I think that this is probably the, the best time and I can see them improving after this change yeah I think this change is massive uh, once the transition is over when they bring in a new manager it's, it's really gonna be the difference between them being a um you know, team in the bottom half or, or a team that they have been for the last few years who can beat anybody on their day and, and should have you know, finished in the top six in the in the last couple of years. Again, I know I'm saying that they've, they've fallen short, but with the players they've had at their disposable, disposal and, you know, that, I just remember that cup run, what they had a couple of years ago in the League Cup and Bristol City were one of the best teams in this division. And, and maybe, maybe in the long run that was, you know, did didn't help them in, in, in terms of their league positions. So, uh, yes, a lot's riding on the next manager, but that takes us into thoughts and feelings, Jake. So if you just want to pick a side of your choice for whatever reason and discuss away. Yeah, just before we move on, I've just seen on 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 Twitter that um, Rob Dorsett from Sky has, has tweeted that Chris Hewitt is interested in the vacant job. I believe for the right there we go, back yeah. the club can quickly win promotion, and Mick McCarthy's also on the shortlist. So, yeah, I think if they <laughs> be a good, good appointment, it sounds like Chris Hewitt's interested. So, that would make a lot of sense for me. But that'll, that'll probably be the main topic. That I'm just going to say that'll probably be the main topic next week that Chris Hewitt's uh, <laughs> taken over at Bristol. But yeah, tell, yeah, tell me through your thoughts and feelings. Yeah, yeah, go to, to thoughts and feelings, and I think I'm going to go to Nottingham Forest for this one. I think that um, I saw the game on Saturday. It was quite a quite a good watch. I thought going into the game, I thought that um, Derby were going to win, but Nottingham Forest they played pretty well. And the, the thing with Forest is that they're so they're so tight when they um, when they go into a, a one 0 lead. They seem really good at managing the game. Uh, turns out they did concede a late equaliser, but that was just such a lapse of con- concentration. I thought the goalie was poor on that. Um, thought the defence could have done better. I thought it was just a lapse of concentration. I think they, they thought that after the red card that they, they'd had the game won. Uh, and yeah, it didn't turn out that way. But it was a lesson they would have learned. But I was quite impressed with them. I thought Ben Watson, uh, Joe Lolly, Lewis Grabben, they've got a such a good core there. Um, mm. And I think that going into the playoffs, they just look quite well prepared for it. I think that this is probably the best best Nottingham Forest team we've seen, seen for a while. They've obviously had a bit of... Uh, agent uh, contribution over the last couple of years. I think they've got links to Jorge Mendes, similar to Wolves did. Um, but it's actually their English players that are, that are really impressing in that team. Um, Matty Cash has been been excellent. I think Ben Watson's really stood out and, and added a lot of his experience. Joe Lolly, on his day, one of the best players in this division. Um, not quite had the goal and assist return that we'd expect from him, but he was, he's just such a threat and he can turn up on any day and he got a great goal against Derby. Um, just a classic Joe Lolly long strike. Um, so yeah, I think that they're really well set up. And I think Lamucci has been a breath of fresh air. I think that he's really taken them on. Uh, we all remember the, the Martin O'Neill era. It wasn't great at all. Uh, but Lamucci's added uh, some professionalism there. And you can see that they're really working towards something special. Um, and, 
and to go and get that draw, even though it was only a draw and that they'll be slightly disappointed. Uh, it sort of shows what they can do going away to a, a rival, one that, that's only a couple of places below them in the table and, and getting getting something from the game uh, in sort of playoff. If we're, if we're thinking head to the playoffs, as, as I'm sure they'll finish in their spots, they've got a seven-point mm. lead on Derby uh, and much easier fixtures um, in the run. So you think they're pretty set there. And you think over play, playoff games, that they'd be really suited to it, uh, just the way they play, keeping things tight. And they've got players that can score a goal out of nothing. So, yeah, they're going to be a real threat for me. I think that watching Fulham at the moment, I don't see that they're really well suited to playoff games. We saw them against... Um, Brentford and, and Leeds and they were outclassed in both those games uh, against teams that um, are close to them in quality and I think that they'd struggle to manage games through. So at the moment if, if things stay as they are Fulham and, and Nottingham Forest will be meeting in, in across two legs need to think Nottingham Forest will be the, the likely winner there. So to me I, I look and, and after Leeds and West Brom it's, it's, it's Brentford and Nottingham Forest and the other, the other two teams that look like they could potentially be Winning promotion this year. Uh, I really think it's between those four teams. Obviously, two will go up automatically, but I, I'm, I'm just really impressed with Forrest. And we, we spoke about Lamucci at the start of the season. We didn't know a lot about him. Yeah, we weren't sure we if did. he adapt to this level. We've seen coaches come in, come into the championship and, and not quite do, do it, um, even if they do have a lot of experience abroad. I think, Louis, you will know that as a, a Sheffield <laughs> fan. I do. Yeah. Most. <laughs> I certainly yeah. do. Yeah, but yeah, he's, he's done really well. And you look at their, their team now, and they look like this is the time for them to get promoted. The players are at the right age. Brabham, Lolly, uh, Watson, all got plenty of experience. They've got a few other players in there that, that, that are exciting to watch. Sammy Amiobi, for me, always like watching him. He, he, he can be frustrating to watch, but he can he can make things happen as well. Uh, and I just think they look well set to the challenge. So yeah, for me, I, I'm been impressed in Nottingham Forest since the restart and I think that they, they have a really good shot at promotion. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the league table doesn't lie. Um, I think there have been a breath of fresh air also this season. You know, um, it'd be great to see Forrest back in the big time. I was I was a child and I remember, you know, <laughs> Forrest vividly being in the Premier League when the likes of Stan Collymore was up front and, you know, Jason Lee and those type of players. Um, I remember Stuart Pearce being there. So, yeah, it, you know, big club, Deserve to be back in the big time for at least a, se- a season or two to to give it a shot. And I think, you know, they'll give any club a run for their money in the playoffs. I'm with you. They will finish in the playoffs this season. Whether they've quite got enough over the likes of, you know, Fulham or, or Brentford, I'm not sure. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there won't be a long shot with the bookies because they, they have been great and managed to find a, a lot of consistency this season. Um, yeah, and how, so, how- how great would it be for, for Leeds and Nottingham Forest both to get promoted in the same year? Just just, <laughs> just for their fan base, as they've been waiting so long to get back to the top flight. If they both did it in the same year, it'd be quite a story. But yeah, it yeah, would. I, it's it'd be very retro as well. Them both being back in the in the, in the Premier League, it would. I'd, I'd feel like it were the 1990s again. It's just my club wouldn't be there. But <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, it's a tough ask. But yeah, I, I think Lamouch is again. I'm with you. Um, echo what you say is he's been great because for what he's done this last 12 months to find where they are in the league I think you know he he deserves a lot of credit basically so 
Um, but yeah, my thoughts and feelings, Jake, I think I'm going to go to the other end of the table and discuss Charlton. I think, um, I know you touched on him on, on last week when he was on the show with James, actually, but I think, again, I'm going to give uh, Lee Bowie a pat on the back because if you remember only a couple of weeks ago when the season restarted, they were sat 22nd in the league. And I really thought at that point, you know, Charlton are probably going to be doomed given the the news what came out of the Valley, which was, you know, Lyle Taylor wasn't going to play. There were another couple of players looking at rejecting to to start also. And I think, you know, he had a tough task ahead of him, Bowyer. Yeah? Um, and they've only managed to lose one game since then. And that was that 1-0 defeat on Friday against Millwall. Um, so they've managed to pick up a couple of wins and, and that draw. So they've moved two points above the relegation zone now. And I think, you know, it's huge credit to them as a club because it would be nice to see Charlton stay up. I predicted them to stay up this season. But what the, the, <laughs> the downside to the remaining games that they've got is I'm, I'm looking and, and ah, it's, it's difficult to see them picking up many more points. So I don't know whether that two point gap above the relegation zone, even though there's the pending 12-point deduction for Wigan, which may or may not happen, we'll have to see. But Charlton go away to Brentford next, which is, you know, <laughs> I fear for anybody going to Brentford at minute. Um, after that, they've got a home tie to Reading, which is, you know, they can more than pick up points away to Birmingham. Uh, and then they have Charlton, uh, sorry, then they have Wigan on the... Uh, game prior to their final fixture, which is away at Leeds United, which, again, away to Leeds United on the final day, they'll probably be hoping that Leeds United are already promoted at that point. So between now and then, I can probably only see Charlton picking up around six or seven points maximum. Uh, I don't know whether that'll be enough to keep them up, but they have all season. You know, it's been a great effort. I think they deserve to stay up. Um especially under the circumstances that we've had, you know, during the pandemic and, you know, players refusing to play and they don't potentially have too many goal scorers in that team either. So it's a case of keeping clean sheets and, you know, they've they've managed to do that on a few occasions. So I think, yeah, Charlton for me this week is, is and, and for those reasons, is exactly why I've discussed them. Um, I think, you know, out, out of that bottom bunch as well, you've, you've got to remind yourself that, they are sat 19th and they only have a minus nine goal difference. Everyone below them, Huddersfield, Hull, Middlesbrough, Barnsley, Luton, have all got a far superior, worse goal difference than Charlton have. So uh, they've certainly got a chance of staying up this this term. I'm just worried about those fixtures ahead of them, but we shall see. But that takes us into previews and predictions, Jake. So straight into Saturday, all these fixtures are on Saturday at 3pm. Uh, the three key fixtures that I have picked out is starting with Derby versus Brentford. What's your prediction for this one? Yeah, this is such a tough game to, to predict. Um, we've obviously got midweek games coming up uh, as well, so he's a slightly misinformed um, prediction to take taking into account what could happen in the week. But looking at it from what we know right now, um, you'd probably say Brentford would be the most likely winners. Um, they just look so good. And, and Derby, as much as I have been impressed with them, uh, when coming up against a, a team like Forest uh, at the weekend, they did look a little bit... Uh, they look short of ideas um, going forward. And they, they didn't quite look the fluid team that we've seen them against teams that we'd expect them uh, to beat. Uh, that being said, they've got so much talent. I think that with a lot of the young players, that, that their performances can can rise and dip um, quite violently on a week to week basis. I think Rooney 
can, can win any game on his own. So it's, it's really tight to call. But just with Brentford's mm. current form, similar to, to what I mentioned for them a few seasons ago, they, they just went into every game and won. Uh, and I, I think I can see... Um, can see Brentford doing similar. So, yeah, I think I'll tip the Brentford win, but it would only be a narrow one, maybe 2-1. Yeah, I've gone 2-1 as well. I'm with you. You just can't back against Brentford at the minute, even though it's, you know, these are the two form teams in the division, both unbeaten. Derby have won three out of the last four. Um, the other one being that draw against Forest and Brentford have won four out of four. So, yeah, this is a very good game. This is, this is you know... a in many ways, a six-pointer for both teams. Derby need the three points. Brentford need the three points. It's um, difficult to predict, but I'm with you. Just based on form and the talent they've got, I'm going to go 2 on Brentford also. Uh, also, three o'clock, Blackburn versus West Brom. Uh, what's your prediction for this? Yeah, I think I haven't been too impressed with Blackburn since the restart. I think that they can go into any game and win. They've, they've got a lot of talent, but I think where they are at the moment, eleventh place is probably where they they should um should be. I think it's a little bit too soon for them to get into those playoffs. Um, as, as we have now seen that they're, they're unlikely to get there. But with players like Adam Armstrong, um, they can cause any team uh, problems. The fact that West Brom conceded two against Hull, I think that will give them a lot of confidence. It was it's such an open game. Um, and when when games are that open, you could really see um West Brom winning and losing matches like that so um yeah it'll be interesting how they go against um go against Sparkburn. I think West Brom should have the talent to win but really wouldn't surprise me if we saw it being a two-all game if it, if it plays out similarly similarly to, to how they, they went up against Hull because I think that Blackburn are a better team than Hull so if we're take, taking that all into account maybe maybe it'll, it'll be a two-all but I'll tip the West Brom win but I, I will say it wouldn't shock me if it was a draw yeah, I've got exactly the same thoughts as you. So I've gone for a 1-0 West Brom win. However, can you remember a couple of weeks ago when we said that we expected Leeds to beat Cardiff? However, if there was a team going to beat Leeds, it would be Cardiff. I, I kind of feel like that about Blackburn beating West Brom. So I'm going to say 1-0 West Brom, but it wouldn't surprise me if Blackburn beat West Brom, if that makes sense. So, uh, But yeah, I'll stick to my prediction. Uh, the other game is Barnsley versus Wigan. This could be a huge fixture in terms of who gets relegated at the end, you know, come the end of the season. So what's your prediction for this? Yeah, um, this is a, a difficult one to call. Barnsley have impressed me for a, a lot of the uh, matches um, this season, but... Um, or at least recently since the restart and Struber came in, but they were so poor against Stoke. I think it was just a game too far for them, really. Uh, they looked quite tired, so um be interested to see if they can go again here. Um, I think that they've got the got the players to beat Wigan, uh, Wigan, but Wigan have been so good as well since the turn of the year. It'll be interesting to see what impact the, the administration has on them. I think I'll have a... I'll be able to be more confident either way um, after they, their match against QPR on the week, but we obviously don't have the benefit of calling upon that. Um, so yeah, I think I'll, I'll sit on the fence to go for a one-all draw. But um, if, if Wigan look like they're, they're still the team they were before that news came out, I think they'd win. If they don't look like that, then I think Barnsley would win. So yeah, really could see any three results, but I think that uh, I'll tip the uh, Barnsley win, uh, the, the draw even. Yeah, I've I've gone for a draw as well, just because of all the you know external factors. Um, I really just don't know which one way this one's going to go. I think you know Barnsley we know at home 
can turn it on and, and play some good football and score goals at home. Uh, but Wigan, with their form, you know, won three out of the last four, but <laughs> we don't know how they're going to react, like you said. Um, so, yeah, I've I've gone 1-1 also. A uh, real difficult game to predict. Uh, but, yes, we will find out on Saturday with that one, Jake. Uh, but, unfortunately, with that, we're out of time. So, if you'd like to let our listeners know where they can find you, uh, now be a good time to do that. Yeah, you can get me on Twitter, at Jacob with two ends. I was on the Premier League show yesterday, uh, and you can get that um, on the same feed as this podcast. Get it on uh, Twitter, at EPL Roundtable as well. So check that one out. Um, and we also have a Bundesliga show that you can find on, on the channel Bundesliga Pod, which is the season that there is now finished. So I'm not sure on, on if they're going to continue recording, but the latest ones are up there anyway. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a few along the way. Uh, but yes, I've been your host at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter. Remember to follow the show at Championship Pod, where we post each show to our pin tweet. Uh, so we want to thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.